Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast, a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and the complete head-fucked moments of the business world. I'm your host for the show, Glenda Wynyard, and with me today is producer G. Hello, how is everyone this week? Unfortunately, we are back in ISO here in Australia. Yes, it's been another tough week here in Australia. We were lucky enough to live in New South Wales, which is relatively unaffected by COVID-19, but we've got more of our friends in Victoria who really have been in lockdown now for about three or four weeks, and we're getting some more and more hotspots popping up. The latest one is the school outbreak in Surrey Hills that's the next suburb over from our office. So we've also made the decision to keep our staff at home and go back to working from home, which is where you're at right now, aren't you, Jean? I am. And it's actually been really bad for the budget. My local supermarket's just a three-minute walk away. So I've been doing twice-a-day walks to keep my spirits and my snacks up, which really is against the point. Yes, it is a little bit. Look, recently we've also been keeping ourselves busy and clients engaged by bringing back our education series as a webinar. We might have been a bit slower than a few others, but you presented the webinar series on TikTok, how it works and why brands should be there. It went pretty well, G. It did. There was really great to see a lot of familiar faces, some new, some old on that call, but it really was about understanding the type of people that are on TikTok and why you should start to consider it as a brand. Yeah, no, it's really important. Look, we're also doing some really interesting work in youth mental health, and that really has brought to light some very interesting insights into how people are reacting to advertising during this time. It's very different world that we live in at the moment. So things like industry benchmarks, which are normally so important, right now you need to take with a grain of salt because they may not be relevant. We also really need to be clever with our strategies and look at adjusting them accordingly. So we need to make sure that we aren't just switching on campaigns and walking away like a lot of us used to. We need to be actively working with our partners, be those media publishers or creatives and programmatic teams to understand that We're continuously adapting for the market and looking at what's happening really weekly or even daily for some clients. Absolutely. Look, with everything that's happening in Australia right now, marketers also need to keep in mind that different states will react differently to each other too. The likes of Queensland, South Australia and Western Australia are absolutely reacting very differently to those states of Victoria or even New South Wales. Because the virus numbers are very different. People are in different stages of lockdown. Some people are more cautious in different areas than they are in others. And an area like Penrith may react very, very different to its neighbourhood or fellow neighbours in Parramatta. So you just need to think like that a bit more. Creatively as well, people really need to start looking at developing specific messaging for those targeted areas. For example, you might change your CTAs or you might even fully switch up your creative for somewhere like Victoria that's in the current state of lockdown. Absolutely. And all of this really drives home the reality that research is so important, but not just broad brushstroke research. It's hyper researches and looking at microgeographic areas, understanding how your clients or your customers have been impacted by an event like COVID-19 is really important because it will change based on their circumstances or their geographic position. 
Gee, I'm also in the middle of a piece of research on the business sector at the moment. And what's really interesting for me is that nearly a third of respondents have said that their business wasn't redundant when COVID-19 first hit and even throughout this whole process, but nearly a third have said that they just didn't understand how their customers' needs changed and they weren't prepared for it. Well, I think people aren't prepared for how they are receptive to communications are either. So people are really starting to change. Their needs are changing depending on how and when and in what context they're consuming those communications now. Really at the heart of it, content is kind of at the center of most of the conversations we're having at the moment. And a lot of clients are asking us how much content they need, how long it should be, where it goes, the list goes on, but it's all about how we can be receptive to what audiences are actually looking for now. You know, Gartner's latest CMO um, report actually cited that uh, brand strategy and content were the most vital marketing capabilities an organisation could have. And that really shows that those best brand strategies are fueled by genuine insight about the audience that you're targeting. And so going back to what you were saying, G, you've got to really understand what those audiences are going through right now in order to build content that's relevant to them. Even retail brands like are psychological. So I've worked across both Miller's and Camilla, for example, and you'd think that they're very, very different. But both that the brands are psychologically driven. So the Camilla woman feels like she's being transformed when she puts on her Camilla, where the Miller's woman is a giver and she'll spend $20 on herself and pay $200 for a child. So she feels like that she's she's actually sacrificing or she's giving, you know, she's rewarding herself in a different way. So both women are at these opposite ends of the scale, but both brands have that psychological impact upon them. And in respect to Willett Millers, I actually worked with an amazing marketing director who used the intelligence that she had on her woman to recognise them and talk appropriately to them. And she was able to increase uh, sales with a tangible lift of about 4.7% in that fast disposable retail environment without having to talk price. And that is pretty amazing. And that's all because she used the language that she used in the content that they developed. It was just more than an ad campaign that was based on product and price. Very clever. Content really is a very important part of the marketing mix right now because it does allow for that two-way dialogue that a lot of ads or ad types don't give you. And that can be really dependent on the channel that you're working within. But the value I've mentioned before is the most important part here that people and marketers really need to be thinking about. At TMP, we really are great believers that planning, creating, distributing, and optimizing valuable content can drive brand awareness spark lead generation, or even deliver business values, which I know is something that CEOs and CMOs are really looking for nowadays. Yeah, it's quite interesting because that there's a CMI study that actually found only 28% of what they call enterprise marketers considered themselves to be affected at content marketing. I found that really surprising. Mm, it is quite surprising, but also when you think about it, I don't think that people understand what content marketing really is. 
And to really kind of break it down, there are three different primary types of content. So you've got your licensed original and then user-generated content. But content in the word can be anything that people consume, share, or interact with. And that could be video, photos, articles, or even recipes. So it really is quite different to your traditional creative. But there really has to be a discipline in the approach to content marketing and how we can help marketers develop an effective content strategy. But that makes sure that you need to include things like documenting the strategy from the start, setting goals, looking at assigning staff from within your Marcoms team to champion or outline the channel approach and determine budgets, which when you look at content, it really shouldn't be secondary investments to what you already have in market. And by that, I mean, if you've got a budget of $2 million for your TVC, but you've only got a measly 50 grand for all of your content and you're asking for 50 articles with video and Instagram links and all that kind of thing, that's not really a relevant scope cost for exactly what you're asking for. So you need to really focus on that quality content and that does kind of require a hefty budget behind it. But that quality content also comes at a volume that fits your audience's needs and with enough variety to kind of keep the audience engaged throughout that process. Yeah. And gee, marketers also shouldn't neglect the mobile experience either. No, and I think that's something that marketers do unfortunately do quite often by doing things like filming in landscape because that's what's traditional when everything on mobile is portrait. So it's ultimately all about effective content marketing and that really should be considered an asset, something that audience finds helpful, funny or informative, but it, ultimately it needs to build brand saliency. I agree with you. Look, we deal with one medical client and they've basically really been able to understand the uh, woman that they're communicating to and the issue that these women are experiencing and that they need help overcoming. And they've been able to use content more successfully than they've been able to use advertising. And Australia is the only market in the world where they're seeing an increase year on year in procedures. This is a medical procedure, obviously, versus the rest of the world. It's incredible when you get it right. Yeah. And that client example is a really great look at, they actually don't have a lot of budget to go towards these content pieces. But what we've been able to do is film them in such a way that we can get a lot out of the edit suite. So rather than spend a lot of time in different locations and different shoots and multiple days, we pump as much as we can into one day, shoot as much content as we need, and then get the most out of the edit suite. We can crop to square so that we're not neglecting the mobile experience. We also have articles on top of that that fit within the posting schedule. So it's a really great example of how you can go from a smaller budget to using edits and posting strategies to make it so that your audience has enough content to be able to digest and understand that information whilst also going on that journey with the brand. Jean, many clients are also asking us about non-commercial environments now. And when you think about that, that's because of that mass shift to subscription-based content. The reality is that there are all these additional channels of consumption that brands can't get on board with, like a Netflix. 
But it's really important to understand the stats because only 22% of the total 14-plus market in Australia is not using some form of catch-up TV or on-demand service. So that means that we've got about 78% of the market that are viewing video through streaming or on-demand services like 7 Plus, ABC iView, SBS On Demand, or even YouTube. YouTube is huge. Always surprises me. I would have thought it had got, would have gone into decline, but it just gets stronger. And Netflix has got 46% of use, their users amongst 18 to 54-year-olds and really peaks amongst 25 to 39-year-olds. I think 49% of 25 to 39-year-olds have subscribed to Netflix. When you compare that to Foxtel, so subscription TV, that peaks at 34% amongst 55+. plus. So the commercial environments are reducing significantly. Well, a lot of clients are asking what that means for marketers where non-commercial or low-volume advertising kind of is the norm. It's really important that you're working with these companies and even production houses to make sure that your products feature within content as a placement. It's more than just placing a Rolex or an Omega on James Bond's wrist and expecting to get a huge spike in sales. And sponsorships are really important. Sport is a very easy example. The likes of KFC do a really great job integrating their product within that sporting session and making it a really fun experience with the bucket hats. But you really do need to integrate content in a relevant and non-commercial and non-evasive manner. We all saw the adverse reaction of Tom Waterhouse and that over-the-top gambling integration. So it's really important that you kind of move into the space in an organic way. I think um, Unilever have done an exceptional job with their environmental program internationally. They are never once mentioned, nor any of the brands, their brands are mentioned, but they use the content to talk to the value of their company. And I think it's a very, very clever and new form of integration for a brand because it's the content that they're using amongst their suppliers and their staff that is actually of more important to them than the viewer sitting in the living room at home. So there's lots of forms of different forms of production funding as you, you've referenced, G. Look, MasterChef is brilliant because it showcases product usage right through to Unilever's funding of an environmental program that never once mentions them or their brands, but it talks to the values of their company. So the viewer that's actually watching the program is actually not the audience for them in this instance. Their audience are their suppliers and supply chain and also their staff. So they've used this exceptionally well exceptionally well it's brilliant just speaking on MasterChef I want everyone to note that Poe was robbed this season oh my gosh you're not still going on about this are you I am I'm still going on about it that's not really cool I suppose that um, you're sort of watching the Masked Singer no actually I'm not aren't you no you'd be one of the few people because it was number one amongst 25 to 54-year-olds and 16 to 39-year-olds this last week. I couldn't believe it. It's actually quite an engaging show. I did watch it last season. Oh, no. What about The Sinner and Ozark? Not really those either, but I have been obsessed with The Preacher, which is like 
a really great series based on a graphic novel, kind of similar to Happy, if you've ever seen that. And if you're in Australia, you can find it on Stan. I highly recommend it. It sounds like a good idea, G. I might tune into The Preacher. We also have our upcoming presentation on content. We're going to be sharing the best practices, how to include content in your brand strategy and what that might look like based on your category. Absolutely. But at the moment, that's it for us this week. Make sure you're all keeping us safe out there and we'll chat next time. Ciao.